Want to feel like you're part of the show? Leave a five-star rating and a review. The reviews go a long way to help us in the dumb analytic overlord algorithm that has us all under the thumb of their control. Here's what we're doing, friends of the show. We want 100 reviews. It helps the show grow, and it helps us hit a larger audience. After we receive 100 reviews, we'll read them all on air on our review special. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's like a full-on month now since Dak Prescott has thrown a football in the middle of the game. That's what that means. Is that how we're starting today? We're just going to come in roasting the Cowboys for no reason whatsoever? I mean, personal vendetta. Is that a reason? Oh, sure. That's your favorite reason. That's the one I'm using. That's the one for me. You push the meter on a lot of things, Fred, and personal vendettas are up there. How fortunate I am to be me sometimes. How fortunate I am to be a part of this program today. I am Fred Slow. I'll be alongside you, friend of the show, up until 630 tonight when we hand this program over to the Lady Lobos as they are at the pit taking on Colorado State. If you're headed out that way, uh, drive safe, Van. The roads are covered in New Mexico drivers. Yeah, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous Have you out s- there. Seen people slam on their brakes for no reason. That happens every day when it snows here. So there's that. No reason whatsoever. They just do that. So that's their thing. We have a very fun Women Crush Wednesday today, and we're going to spend our time because it's, I don't know if you know, Van, it's National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Are you familiar with this? Uh, I am every year uh, on this day because the Internet tells me. From the live stream, if you're not a part of the live stream, we encourage you to get there and be a part of that. Everything's at Talk ABQ and our social media outlets. Uh, appreciation on my New Mexico Pinon shirt that I'm currently wearing today. So that's nice. Well, I mean, he complimented my suit first. I got jeans on, so it's not a suit. I got the Jerry Seinfeld suit on right now. From everyone at home. Making the show go round and round is Michael Vital. Michael, how are you? Hello, guys. How are you? Happy Wednesday hump day. Oh, that's Aww. nice. Yeah, that's like a nice thing. So, we actually said it's a Women Crush Wednesday, but yeah, happy, happy Hump Day. By the way, Fred, we have a sartorial type looking guy there in the studio. If you know what I mean by sartorial, just well dressed man there in van. Well, I'm glad you explained sartorial because Fred does not know what that means whatsoever. Relating to tailoring clothes or style of dress. He can type fast. You see how fast he Googled that. Literally, my, <laughs> my gross words a minute is so high. Thank you to gross. Dylan in the chat room. I'm wearing a T-shirt, boys, because I'm at home today. I did get my negative COVID-19 PCR test back today, so I'm in the clear. Congratulations. Thank you. But I'm still on corporate suspension as uh, I, I need another test. So so I went and got another one. So that will be in hopefully pretty quick, but I don't imagine I would be back in studio until we get back from the Super Bowl van, we are getting back on the 15th because we're leaving on the 7th. 
So we'll be gone for one full week. We're going to spend our time out in Los Angeles at SoFi and the Los Angeles Convention Center and all the amenities that surround it, bringing Super Bowl coverage all next week long. So we're excited to do that. We're going to spend our time out there with Robert Gibson and then obviously uh, Jared Hart uh, there at the station is going to come and make sure the nuts and the bolts go together correctly. And Who was just in studio. How is he? He How is walked he? away like 30. You draw, you name drop and then poof, he's gone. So He'll be I back. Mean, it's a classic Batman mess around kind of situation. Today on our Women Cross Wednesday at 4.15, which is just 10 short minutes away, Christy Baines will be joining us. We're excited for Christy to come on. She's the assistant general manager over there, Van, at the Isotopes. Uh, she's got a long career. She does all the business operation stuff. Um, she's a Georgia peach living in the southwest desert, Van. Oh. So, yeah, so we're going to have that some conversation with her on why she got into sports management and why she got into the world of professional athletics on a girl. It's a national, Van. It's a national Women Crust Wednesday today. Oh, it's not just that's Albuquerque? No, it's the whole country. Oh, that's yeah, exciting. Let's get everybody on board then. We will, because at 5.15, Chantel Weiss will be joining us, and she runs the not-for-profit over there at the Unexico United, and we're very excited to have her on, so the So Much You Need Us Foundation. And we're going to talk to her about her journey into, well, helping others through the Avenue of Sports and sports-adjacent non-for-profits. And then finally at 6.15, before we wrap this bad boy up, joining us at 6, or excuse me, joining us then is Gina Thomas, and she's the owner of the Duke City Gladiators. And that is how you kick off. Kick off. That's how you tip off a Lady Lobos game is the energy that Gina Thompson brings to literally every conversation she ever has. You know, you beat me to it. I was going to yeah. say, if you're not going to hang out all day with us, which you know what? You should. You, you can't go outside. You got to be here 615 for Gina Thomas's interview because she is high energy and she's so much fun. And we're honored to be a friend of the Gladiators. Chrissy Baines joining us at 4.15, Chantel Weesey joining us at 5.15, and then Gina Thomas joining us at 6.15. So we are very excited about that. Obviously, we're going to touch a lot on the NFL, and we'll do that just a little bit now. Recapping some of the conversation we had from yesterday, which I thought was so very entertaining and insightful, which is this Brian Flores story, man. Uh, did you see any of the developments over the course of the last 24? Yeah, I did. Uh, it's big news. It's going to be bigger news than actually I immediately thought it was going to be. So, yeah, other coaches have come forward to say, hey, we've also been offered money to lose. So yeah. it turns out if, if you're not going to win at all, they you're strongly encouraged by your ownership group to lose it all. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Hugh Jackson came out today and said he was also incentivized to lose so the Browns could get a higher draft pick. He actually did lose. He lost so it, a lot. So it looks to me. I don't know why he's coaching. No, maybe, he's... maybe he bought the wrong Bitcoin and lost all of his money because so, if he was it... getting paid to lose, he should be sitting pretty. So when the Cleveland Browns came to them, came to Hugh Jackson, they were like, listen, we're going to offer you 100 grand to lose a game. And he's like, yeah, man. Oh, Oh, yeah, a hundred grand more? Like just one time for the year? No, no, no. Every game. Like every oh, game. Yeah. No. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's way easier yeah. to do that. Yeah. Is uh, is what's my quarterback's name? Fry? Yeah, we'll just put him out there. Should be fine. Yeah. I think he's. Meh. He'll he'll do great. Obviously, a lot more conversation about that. Um, but people are coming out in droves. I thought it was real interesting today to kind of see some of the support and some of the some of the anti-support going against it. Um. 
you know, if we're going to have that conversation real quick, it's a conversation of the haves and the have-nots. And, and that's kind of what the NFL is. And if you are a fan of the NFL, you're actually just a fan of billionaires playing with their toys. Because to get into this, like, super elite group, because apparently Bill Belichick has to okay every hiring across the NFL. Um, yeah, it's hard from the outside looking in. And I think this lawsuit van is going to end in a settlement. And absolutely zero is going to change. Uh, I unfortunately agree with you on this one. Hot take, Freddie. Nothing's going to happen because the 1% doesn't want it to happen. Take your money. Take this job we're going to give you. Shut up and let us do what we want to do. Business as usual. And it's a damn shame in a lot of ways because I think Flores will end up falling on the sword proverbially. Maybe he can replace Whoopi for the next two weeks on The View. But it's going to be it's going to be a absolute tough one for he as he'll take that big settlement. It'll come. There's no doubt that it'll come and he'll get an opportunity to to sell some books and, and make some. He'll get a whole bunch of things kind of on the side. But uh, yeah, our boy is I don't think ever going to coach again. And and that's a damn shame. Well, I think you have to know that going in, right? Like if I do this, I'm going to be blacklisted. If I do this, I'm going to get the Kaepernick treatment. Right. Though, I mean, the people that are that are paying attention to he and kind of lending that advice, they had to have kind of put that in his ear, right? So he must think that this cause is greater than or the other idea that the obstacles in front of him are greater than and that this is a way to go around it instead of overcome it. Um, because even it seems that reports are coming out that the reason Byron Leftwich got the job in Jacksonville is because Tom Brady vouched for him. And, and I get that. I mean, you should hit references. You should hit referrals. But – I mean, gosh forbid, because I, I would identify Tom Brady as probably being one of that top 1% of NFL that matters. Uh, it's it's an awful shame that, that individuals not solely on their merit are, are getting an opportunity. Fred, Tom Brady is in the top one-tenth of the 1%. <laughs> so I lost you there, Van. I didn't oh, my goodness. Any of that. I did a Bernie Sanders impression for you and everything. You missed it? Oh, my goodness. You still with me? Let's do this, man. Let's grab an early break because we're working with some technical difficulties on my end. And then whenever we get back from that, we will bring in our friend. Oh, and it looks like he might be back now. Well, whenever we get back, we'll bring in Chrissy Barnes from the Isotopes and talk to her about everything that's going on in her world and her story of how she got into professional athletics. And we're very excited to do that. Dave and Busters allows us to bring you the program every day. And we're able to do it from two locations, including the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. This is Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, figured out our technical difficulties during the break, so thank you to Michael Vital for being the guy who helps make all the magic happen behind the scenes. He's uh, he's one of the best, man, one of the best in the business. I ain't going to lie, that's my exact thoughts. We're very excited to bring in, because it's a Women Crush Wednesday, Van. It's a Women Crush Wednesday today, okay? Uh, not just here in Albuquerque, not just on Two Men On, national. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. Chrissy Baines joining us. She's the assistant general manager, and she handles all the business operations out there at the ballpark for the isotopes. Chrissy, welcome to the program. How are we doing, guys? Thanks for having me. That, that was quite an introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> I know uh, I, I know. I flubbed it going into the break because we're having technical difficulties. Chrissy Baines, not Chrissy <laughs> Barnes. So don't tweet it. 
I already know, guys. That's my mistake. Chrissy, thank That's you for okay. taking the time. It's, it's a commonly thing. I usually get Christy instead of Chrissy, so you screwed up the last name. That's okay. That's well, I, I, unique. Do I do I so very much stand? <laughs> we were uh, we're excited to have you on today because uh, we're celebrating, obviously, girls and women in sports because it's the day to do it. So, Chrissy, we wanted to have you on and kind of talk about your story a little bit and, and what originally interested you in getting into the world of athletics and sports and, and where it's taking you around the country and in your life. Yeah, happy to talk about it. I actually um, grew up in a very small town in Rockmart, Georgia, and grew up on basketball courts there. I actually played softball, basketball, and tennis. Ended up going on to play basketball in college for a couple years at Reinhardt University. Um, I just I was always that gym rat um, growing up in sports, being around coaches all my life. Thought that I would actually end up coaching. I ended up uh, transferring schools. I ended up at the University of West Georgia, graduating with a a degree in sport management and ended up in professional baseball. I'm actually about to start my 21st season in professional baseball. So I'm telling you how old I am right there. So, Chrissy, sounds like you did it all in your youth, played every sport, every sport you could. What was the sport when you were young that really grabbed you and propelled you on this life trajectory that led you into professional baseball? You know, that's a good question. I I got the most experience playing basketball. I think just being team captain, being a team leader, uh, growing up, I think that definitely developed me just as a person and also just my character. And... Um, but yeah, I would say most of my experience probably came from just playing basketball and just being a leader on the court. And that has now transitioned me into hopefully being a leader for this community and for our club as well. Whenever your playing days ended and you had that opportunity to either transition into coaching or adjacent to coaching, which is management of a team, who were some of the pillars that kind of helped you make that decision and, and lead you towards the front office impact that you've had? You know, I really looked up to my coaches growing up. They were definitely the biggest role models for me growing up. And then also when I started in professional baseball, my first general manager, I was actually working in Savannah, was working for the Savannah Sand Nats, and my general manager there was one of those people that pushed you. He said, if you're going to work in sports, then you have to know every little piece about sports. That means that you should learn every single department from top to bottom. And um, so I definitely think that he was a motivating person for me and really someone to, to learn from. Speaking of knowing your sports, have you been encountered by the rougher sex and like trying to challenge you like, oh, this broad don't know nothing about sports? <laughs> I, I don't think that I've had that experience in working in baseball for me, to be honest with you. I think that um, a lot of people... One, if they look at people in front offices, they don't even know what we do every day ah, relative to the business of this of this uh, sport. For me, uh, I really look to the business side of it. Uh, what goes on that field is whatever happens on that field. For me, I just want to make sure that we put forth our best foot relative to promoting this club and the tickets that we offer and also just getting people inside this ballpark. So obviously we know about chemistry amongst players. Van and I were both pseudo-athletes when we were younger. We get the locker room. Pseudo? How dare you? Well, okay, one of us was more suited. The other one was more due. The thing about the thing I'm asking, though, with Chrissy is, do you have that team mentality in a front office, too? Does it feel like there are certain players in certain positions, or is it more of that corporate setting that people are accustomed to? 
No, I think for us it's definitely a team. We we really look after each other here, and we also look to each other. We are super fortunate here to work with many talented people um, across the board. We have some amazing women here. We also have amazing men here. And um, we, we definitely cater to that team mentality as opposed to that corporate mindset that you're referring to. Well, we're honored to be a friend of the Isotopes as well, the show Two Men On as, as far as the sports animal. So right back at you. Chrissy Banks yeah, joining us, the assistant general that. manager for the Isotopes, and we're having her on because it's a Women Cush Wednesday here on the program, and we're taking this opportunity to kind of talk about unique stories from those individuals in our community and how they got to where they currently are. Van, I know you were about to ask, but I'm going to cut you off real quick. Go. Chrissy, can you wipe that grin off Van's face on a golf course? Can you just embarrass him <laughs> out there? <laughs> I will tell you that I wish that it was not 20 degrees outside right now. I'd much rather be on the golf course. Uh, my lucky days, I'm getting up in the high 80s, so I don't know if that'd be a grin on the golf course or not. But Look, Fred, I don't need anybody else to embarrass me on the golf course. I do that just fine <laughs> all by myself. <laughs> Chrissy, I'm a, I'm a amateur-ish break 100 guy, so I'm pretty sure you got me every round. Uh, maybe. Well, I don't know. It depends on how many drinks are included in those rounds. Boom. But I'm uh, the, the, most <laughs> of the time uh, I golf here with the guys at work, and uh, they really push me to try to beat them. That's sweet. I I'll haven't s- really I'll accomplished s- that too often, but I'll send you the cell phone after this. Uh, whenever you need a fourth, I'm down. So, <laughs> Chrissy, me and Fred, we're both big baseball dorks. We love going to the lab. We never miss a day game. We never miss an opportunity to skip out on our responsibilities and have a oat soda in the sun with the isotopes. But that's your office. You get to go there all the time. You just show up to the lab and you go to work. What's it like working in that kind of environment? People ask me that all the time. I always say I will never, ever complain about coming to the ballpark every day for my job. We have the best views. Um, it is, it's definitely been one of the best things I could have ever decided. I've kind of landed in this sport. This will be my 19th season with the Isotopes, and uh, it is definitely home away from home for all the people that work here. We spend so much time at this ballpark, but if you have to spend time somewhere, I would choose Isotopes Park, that's for sure. Bing, bing, bing. Chrissy, think back, <laughs> back to 19 years ago. What was your first job at the ballpark? Oh, my gosh. I was actually an intern hired in group sales, uh, and that was back in Savannah. So I worked for that team for two years. I was an intern. I did group sales, landed back in retail, and then I fell in stadium operations and then moved into the Isotopes world to take over the retail department. When you say stadium operations, is that like dragging a field? Is that getting out there and laying the lines? Stadium operations is everything. It is maintenance from head to toe. And then also during that time, I was overseeing the food and beverage department as well. Speaking of Savannah, do you miss the humidity or is Albuquerque where it's at? No, Albuquerque is where it's at. Except for today, maybe, with this freak winter storm out of nowhere. (laughs) Except for today. You You can't beat the weather here in Albuquerque. Savannah is beautiful, but the humidity I will leave behind any day. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised on the Gulf Coast of Texas, so I know where you're at. And and no thank you. Yeah, no thank you. And the bugs, no bugs. There's no bugs here. It's the best part. Chrissy Baines is joining us, the assistant (laughs) general manager for the Albuquerque Isotopes. All right, here's what I need, Chrissy. 
I need that advice. What is that advice for the young blood right now who wants the young lady who wants to have a role in professional sports or collegiate sports or athletics that doesn't maybe have that kick of motivation behind her? What is the best way to make that happen? You know, my coaches used to tell me all the time, and I'm going to steal this, that the saying is you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And you just you have to take your shot. In order to succeed in life, you got to take some chances. And whatever industry you're in, you could be a director, you could be a manager, you could end up being a general manager for a club. So you, you just got to push ahead. Excellent advice. Chrissy, any final words before we let you go? Anything before we, before we hit the break? No, go enjoy your snow day. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the live stream, you can tell I'm, I'm at home. I'm actually in my kitchen studio. So it is, <laughs> oh it's my been gosh. an easy commute for me today. So. Well, I Chrissy appreciate Baines, you guys like, having us on. Thanks, Chrissy. Oh, no, this is important stuff. Chrissy Baines, a uh, friend of ours, now friend of the show. Thank you so very much. Thank you for sharing your story with us and our friends. You're welcome. You guys have a good day. Yeah, you too. Appreciate you, Chrissy. That's a good dude. What a good dude. Whoa. I love that. Better grab a break. When we get back, let's put a little bit more talk into that because uh, I tell you what, I enjoy it. I enjoy the isotopes. I enjoy the impact they have in the community and obviously how they're, you know, they – the isotopes just want the best people in there. That's what it's all about. You know, we were just talking the other day with uh, Forrest Stolting, who's brand new over there in the media relations stuff, and it's like the isotopes will go all over the country to find the best individuals to bring the best product here in town. We're two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. Back live on the program. I'll tell you what, man. Tell me what. I like when we get the opportunity to sit down with, like, New friends of the show. That's a sure. big deal. It's a very big deal. I like meeting new people. Chrissy Baines was... And that's one of those conversations where it's like, hey, we still got to do the show. We still got a lot, but... I mean, if there was a way to like sit down and just do that for hours on end, I'd be about that life. We could do it. Why not start a, a local podcast with uh, local women? We uh, Looks like we lost Fred. That's Hopefully right. we'll get him right back. No? Well, and is, you is back? you're aware, okay. aware of hey. it, it's a radio show that also live streams. So if the video goes in and out, it doesn't necessarily have to go mention to the radio listener. Well, that we would just, be two out of three segments. We just, we just fix it. Yeah, so, just fix it. Back live at it. Yeah, it's been, a, I don't know, it's been like an interesting day. Because obviously a lot of my attention went towards... Not dying the in the street? Well, I mean, I'm one... <laughs> I'm one who can, who can drive. I got the sandbags. Oh, that's right. You got the sandbags in your truck just at the right time. The truck makes it around no problem whatsoever. But as I was driving around this morning, figuring out the things I was figuring out, the big talk around town is the name change to the Washington football team, Van. Yeah, and uh, that's the one you chose, huh? Okay. I, I get it, I guess. Not really. I guess. I'm not into it. The Commanders, Van. The Washington Commanders is the team name. All right, let me expose the stupidity here real quick. All right, take your time. There's a burning hot take right here for you, loyal listeners, friends of the show. The coach is the commander. You can't have 53 commanders. Commanders are leaders of a battalion. 
You can't have 53 leaders trying to fight each other. The coach is the commander. The players are soldiers. This is dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'm following this lead, I guess. Yes. But that's like, it doesn't, like, there are teams named after animals. Like, I don't feel like that super matters. Like, it's not like, it's like, it's not the lion is the coach and then the rest of them aren't lions. They're if you all have, lions. If you have 53 commanders, they're just going to argue with each other who's in charge and get nothing done. You need to have a commander. Not which, every team can be a pod of dolphins. Yes, but they say they're the dolphins. You can have 53 dolphins working together in unison, probably sexually assaulting a seal or whatever dolphins do. Not really 100% sure what they do. Yeah. <laughs> they do do that as well. Those are bad. Uh, They're very mean animals. Big swing on a miss, I think, for the team name, but I'll tell you what I did enjoy was the new logo and uniforms. I think they're both strong. They're the same. <laughs> Except for it's got the word commander on it. So the W is obviously different. I mean, well, they're not the same. I mean, I don't know how else to – yeah, they're not the same. So it's it's like – I think it's a very – it's a good branding. I think it looks solid. The number – the le- like, everything works. Like, that black jersey, that alternative jersey, that is fire. Like, I think, I think like, it's, to me, a waste to do everything so very correct and then at the end, like, miss on the name. It's dumb. Yeah. It, it's a big disappointment. The Also, I, like, these were my high school colors when I was growing up, so I have, like, a special place in my heart for these. But the, the jerseys will sell. They'll go through the roof. Everyone will buy them. The only problem is this team, I think, has to win early with this moniker. Otherwise, it's going to be real tough for them to not face, like, ridicule based solely off the name. Yeah, I mean, I really like the Red Tails. I thought they could have dug themselves out of a lot of holes by calling themselves the Red Tails. It's an easier name transition, Red something. Maybe they just wanted to disassociate Red altogether and didn't go with Red Tails, which is a – uh, a nod to the Tuskegee Airmen, and it would have uh, helped um, Washington's <clears throat> rep a little more as well. But I like, just like in the texture, like people like Washington football team. I like Washington football club. Because I don't know if you know this, but American sports, naming your team after an animal or having a mascot this is unique to American sports. Most places are like the blank rugby club, the blank football club. And I like the idea of like, you don't have to refer to them as the Redskins, the Red Tails, the Commanders. You just say Washington. You know their colors. You know Washington. Just go with Washington. Yeah, I mean... I hear I hear the Washington football team argument. The Red Tails argument, I think, though, is a little moot because the Red Tails, although they had really good momentum like early on in the idea, it sure. just it putered out. Like you, this is not that's not how you do it. Like if there was actually a campaign for that in a group of individuals that were strongly impassioned about identifying and and like pointing out that heritage that you're identifying then it would have happened the correct way. So I think even a little bit, that was more of like a virtue signaling from like people who thought it was best and then no effort behind it. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I mean, it just bothers me that the 
the name of the team is the name of a person who leads a team. A commander leads a team of soldiers or leads a team of whatever. You can't have 53 commanders. It bothers me a lot. Unless you're referring to you have a whole team of commanders and each commander has their own legion of football team. So you have the power of like 3,000 football players coming at you because each commander has their own squadron or whatever. I don't know what they're insinuating, but whatever it is, I'm not into it. Mm, yeah, I I don't know how much weight I'm actually putting into that angle. Because <laughs> I, I think you would lose me because like if you were to try to apply that knowledge to – like every team, like wouldn't you have some struggle with like the Chiefs? Wouldn't you have some struggle with the Titans? Wouldn't you I, have some struggle? I didn't, I didn't name the Chiefs in the year 2022. They were already there. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, understood. But like the Saints, you know, there's like, like if you were to like apply that kind of, I don't know, reasoning okay, to every team Okay, I think the, name? the Saints name worked. They had an awful catastrophe hit them, and then the team named the Saints – won the Super Bowl the year after they had this horrible tragedy. So I think the Saints name worked in that situation. The Patriots weren't good until after September 11th. I think that name is fitting. Oh my god, I'm oh. on to something. I'm writing this down. No, I don't know <laughs> if you are. This might be this might be as far as as I think maybe I'm not following you correctly. So the Saints were named way before Hurricane Katrina. Correct. And they had zero okay. success until they needed a Saint after Katrina. Okay. I'm yeah, I I see what you're doing, but I'm not I'm not in on that. <laughs> the Patriots That's... are red, white, and blue. They didn't win a championship till after uh nine eleven. Well I think that has more to do with Tom Brady than Does it? The name of the team. Yeah, you're I'm normally in support of your kind of off the rail <laughs> stuff, but this one I don't think is for me. This um, this one's this is the one this is the one you choose not to follow. Uh, well, I don't think all it's, of my insane takes and nonsensical link making. This is the one. Uh, yeah, this is the one I say that makes the, the least amount of sense. Yeah, because I, I think with like the idea of like the commanders, like if you were going to go with a different like military based whatever, like obviously you would want something. I, I guess of like a a lower like leadership denomination like but you can't go with like warriors because i feel like that still is is has an insensitive level to like the community that they were trying not to insult any further with the redskins name so i think in the realm of military and that kind of energy this is as close as you can get because it's better than some of the other ones that were kicked around like admiral or, or yeah. whatever else was out there mm -hmm. yeah there's not even a naval base there yeah, that so that would yeah. be a loose one to me. The, but again, going back to that red tails idea, I think that's where I, I get a little bit lost on the if it's if there's an actual valid with like a backing push for that because I don't think the red tails ever had a real opportunity as if you wanted to do it and you were an organization that was going to make that happen, you would have recognized that there was no reason to peak that idea 18 months ago. You had to peak that idea you know, the entire time to maintain the momentum and then, you know, get the football team to buy into it, which obviously they didn't end up doing. Yeah, I mean, I like Washington Football Club. I think they should have stood with, instead of team, club. I think that made the most sense. It's the most modern. You don't have to 
make up something stupid like a commando commander <laughs> commando good lord so that i know we got to go to break but i, I, I hope i hope too. these players aren't going commando by the way because of the three syllable kind of names that are out there there's not like a real obvious shortcut name to this like is it commando because that's still three syllables well people are already calling them the commies like that's already trending the Washington Commies. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of, too. I was like, oh, okay, everybody who, who is the opposite of the president right now, it's like, oh, they're they, they just the commies now. Look what they did. They went out and said it. Now they're just the commies. They're going to absolutely have to win some games if they're going to keep that conversation from getting loud early. Let's take a break. When we get back, uh, Al Michaels is hinted that this could be his last broadcast ever at the Super Bowl, and we will take time to make mention of that. Thank you to Mexico Pinion Coffee, who is the uh, what's the shield bearer of this t-shirt today, and thank you to the YMCA Central Mexico who allows us to start our days there every single day. It's two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Paul takes over for the first time ever, and he's bringing us back to rock and roll, and that's why I'm a big Paul guy. Who? Phil? <laughs> what did I say, Paul? <laughs> Phil? You're you're on fire with your names today. It's, all I'm saying, it's way better than alternative adult beats rock or whatever we were having the... What is Dave Matthews Band? I don't even know what that is as far as a genre. Uh, Soft? Soft? Frat alt? That's what I think. Is it Khaki and Burke's alt? Hmm. I don't know. Close. Yeah. My Dad's Polo? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's like a khaki jam band. How about that? Yeah, I'm into that. Al Michaels is going to call Super Bowl, what are we at, 57? Is that where we're at? Super Bowl 57? Uh, LVI. 56. So 56. How so many is that? Call Super Bowl LVI? 56 this upcoming Sunday. And it's rumored it could be his last football game ever, Van, according to Sports Illustrated. But the double rumor is he's going to end up being the voice over on Amazon for Thursday Night Football. Tom Brady just can't catch a break, can he? No. He retires, and then someone goes and steals his thunder like Al Michaels. Al Michaels doesn't <laughs> Al Michaels doesn't need a rub from anyone. Al Michaels is obviously one of the best to ever be the best. But he's going to get paid from Amazon. Amazon has all the money in the world. And when and they, they just need print to, money. Yeah. Similar to the way whenever Fox got the NFL contract, was that in 92? whenever they hired over all of the CBS guys that were like prominent and good, this is a really good get for Amazon because it's going to put a validity to the brand. And it'll, I mean, it'll already make it better than the Monday Night Football broadcast. And you would believe better than the Sunday Night Football broadcast, uh, depending on if Chris Collinsworth is still there. I know he's not universally loved by everyone. Yeah, uh, Al Michaels and Troy Aikman, like that's the vibe that it's going to be, right? And they're each going to have a, a weekly show too. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah. And and the thing with Al Michaels calls is he makes them so big that they like out they kind of outweigh the moment itself. The you know the one I always kind of talk about when I talk about significance of this kind of thing is the Miracle on Ice call. Oh yeah. The Miracle on Ice call is so iconic 
that, and I couldn't tell you what the number is, but it's got to be a high percent, like way more than 75, that people don't even know that wasn't the gold medal game. Right. Because he's, yeah, he's able to put such enthusiasm and connectivity into it that you think the moment is bigger than it actually is. Recognizing it was the play-in game for the gold medal, but still, people that think of the miracle of the ice, they think that the Olympics were over after that, and USA won them all because Al Michaels had had the talent to present it to you that way. Yeah, but, I mean, do they call it the miracle on ice if he doesn't say, do you believe in miracles? It probably has a different name, right, if he didn't tag it that way. Yeah, yeah, if he's like, do you believe in low percentage overcomings? Do you believe not... in magic? And they'd be like, oh, it's the magic on ice. No, that's dumb. Good job, Al. You nailed who's it. Gonna, who's going to get that job of wrangling Chris Collinsworth on NBC, though? It, it need, they need a whole new crew. You think? My my dad is going to pass away early due to his high blood pressure for his hatred of Chris Collinsworth. He he hates him so much. It's adorable how much he hates Chris Collinsworth. They could do something on Sunday Night Football with like and, and get really the opposite. If they were going to like a Pat McAfee, or if they were to go to someone that was a completely different brand, Van and Fred, th- yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And and because there are some obvious guys, Bob Costas. There's some obvious guys where you could be like, hey, let me go get that guy and put him a Collinsworth. But you're at a point where if you lose Michaels, it could be a real changing of the guard. And Sunday Night Football is so prominent that you could put like someone there established in a way that could connect to a new audience and then obviously already retain the audience that you have. Well, how long is the Mannings contract with Monday Night Football? Because I think that's the future right there. A more fun, jovial, instead of sitting around and yelling in your face and acting like they know every play that's about to happen. Like Tony Romo is super talented, but get over it. Like, just sit around, quit trying to predict every play. Let me watch the game. Give me commentary on what happened. Quit trying to be Nostradamus of every play, Tony. Quit trying to make up for your inadequacies as a quarterback, you loser. He's kind of played that card out, too, right? Because now teams know to not give him those hints that they were giving him in production meetings. He's not had the high level of success that he had had at that. And it looks like this Thursday night football broadcast team is going to be Al Michaels and Troy Aikman's going to come over from Fox. That's kind of like the idea behind it. And if that happens, then I think it's really going to change that dynamic with the Fox one versus CBS one. Cause I think Greg Olson will probably move in to working with Joe Buck in that top tier. And you're still going to have that player insight, but it won't be um, the same old, same old that I think football fans have been accustomed to for the last five, six, seven years here, maybe eight. Um, so yeah, kind of exciting. If you enjoy listening to commentary or watching games, it's going to be a big shuffle next season. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for, you know, septuagenarian, octogenarian football fans. Things are going to change here in the next few years, here in the next decade. It's going to be performed differently. It's going to be presented to you differently. And they're not getting feedback from the older generations. They're getting feedback from the younger generations. It's going to be more accustomed to the youth coming up and being sports fans not the older sports fans on their way out. Two men on Aaron Rodgers. When we get back, it's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Angel. Mm. Okay, what is Paul doing here? Again, not his name. It's more run the jewels. Jared stocked me up. <laughs> Peter, what's the deal? Like, you get in front of the board for two minutes... We'll get it to, uh, right one of these days, right? And look, you're, about the, 
You're going to have to take a note from Vital, Phil, that you just fire right back at Fred. Just fire. Okay. I'll need to learn. To take no that. take no guff from these swine. Okay. This is a real pat move, though, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has purchased land in Franklin, which is Williamson County, Tennessee, real close to Nashville. Therefore, he's going to be a Tennessee Titan. You think so? Yeah. I think it's just nice there. I think Denver is still his destination, and that's where he's going to say he wants to go. His offensive coordinator from Green Bay is now the head coach of Denver. And now his buddy, like actual buddy, the tight end and quarterback coach from the Packers, is now the Broncos' offensive coordinator. So what you're talking about is how his buddy took the job in Denver to allow huge leverage for his buddy Aaron Rodgers to get paid out in Tennessee. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, that's not what I meant at all. It's weird you read into that. Because that's what it is. Because he don't want to go to Denver because he's not a big city guy. Aaron Rodgers has been living in Green Bay for 20 years or whatever it is now he's been playing professional football. And he won't go to a little suburb outside of little old Nashville, Tennessee. Aaron Rodgers has like a flat in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers doesn't live in Green Bay. He don't want nothing to do with Green Bay in the offseason. You think he goes to, to Green Bay Applebee's after the games because he loves Green Bay so much? Because he's a small town guy? No. Aaron Rodgers has a a Manhattan apartment in New York City. He's got a beachside condo in Los Angeles, and he could buy a house wherever the hell he wants. So you're saying Tennessee can't afford Aaron Rodgers? I think he would be a perfect fit in Tennessee, but all signs point to Denver. All signs point to his brand new beautiful home he's building in the suburbs of Nashville, Tennessee, as they're welcoming number twelve. As the new quarterback, no doubt in my mind, it's 100% in the books. Well, it's in the AFC, and it's in a soft AFC division. So I think that's one of his best landing spots. So, I mean, it's not the not the worst idea. But why would the oh. Broncos put all this stock into every Packers coach that's not named Lefleur if they weren't going to make the hardest play possible? And they got the draft capital, and they got the young players that could make a deal, and they can afford him. Can Tennessee win with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? Uh, they would be one of the favorites every year with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. It's a no-brainer to me, dog. He's not going there to play at Vanderbilt. Well, like, this uh, if, is... if Tennessee gets Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, that is a coup. Also, you got, I don't know you how... got Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. That is an embarrassment of riches. Would you identify Aaron Rodgers as like a front runner? Would you identify Aaron Rodgers as like, like a super by choice hip guy? No. See, I think I would. No, I think, I think he's, I w- he's an individual. Because front runners believe science and get the vaccine immediately. Okay, well, I mean, that part is true. But 
there has been like an influx of celebrity moving to Nashville. And I think Aaron Rodgers wants to be part of that move. Has there been? I think, oh, my gosh, there has been. I thought they're all it's moving like, to Austin. No, no. Well, first of all, they can have multiple homes. So let's not be confused on that. Okay. But I'm proving my point again. I think this whole thing started with Dolly Parton years ago to where it's now the thing to move and buy affordable property. By the way, Nashville, that part of Tennessee, beautiful, super beautiful. Oh, sure. That whole part of the country is gorgeous. Whole part. It's very green, very pretty. And, I mean, you're in the upper echelon of earners if you are the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Like, it, to me, it's a perfect fit because there's no pressure there as well. It's not like going to Denver and you have to come in and be in the shadow of the legacy that was Peyton Manning coming in and doing the exact same thing just a couple years ago. This, to me, is is exactly what Aaron Rodgers needs mentally. Well, I don't think your list of celebrities moving to Nashville is as cool as you think it is. What? I found Kathy Lee Gifford and Mark Hamill. Oh, no, no, no. You're missing, like, big ones. Like, Taylor Swift lives there. Oh, like, country, like... country stars who already live there? Is that what you're talking well, Miley, about? Is Miley Cyrus country? Yes. Billy yeah, Ray Cyrus' daughter. She I, has well, a, he is an country. active mullet. Like an unironic one. Like a very good one. That's what I'm saying, though. He's the guy who wants to be out in front of it all. That's his energy. And he doesn't want the big city life and pressures that are involved with it. Because the last thing he wants, because right now he walks around Green Bay doing whatever he wants, wherever he wants. You were joking about that Applebee's, but when he goes into it, they don't make him put his mask on. Like, And, and he don't want that trouble in Denver. He wants the easy life he already has, and he thinks he can recreate it in Nashville, and I agree with him completely. Agree with him? Yeah. How do you agree with him? He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. He, he just bought, bought He bought land. And he's building his dream home. Where else does he have lady. land? I would never have the answer to that. You have the answer to that one, though. Well, I know that he has land in Nashville because he's moving there to play quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. And Packers teammates are like, no, he's already gone. Like, he left after the season. I think his house is for sale. I don't know if that last part's true, but it's probably true. He still owns a home in Wisconsin. That makes sense. Has a he home. He can rent it out to Jordan Love. In Orange County. Well, one he inherited, that doesn't count. Inherited? Well, I mean, isn't that where he's from? Yeah, no, he bought a house with Danica Patrick. Still lives there. Well, Jordan Love's not going to stay. He's gone. Well, that Danica Patrick house, though, that's probably just for, you know, like if they, they probably have a kid we don't know about, and it's just for school stuff, just so they can attend school. Like a, and they're raising it in the basement like powder? Is that what you're saying? Don't know what that is. They but... have like a an albino kid who can like create electricity with his hands, raising him in the basement. All you, I'm saying is, you not recall the '90s movie Powder? Yeah, am I alone here? I'm not familiar with that work, but okay. If you're moving to the richest part of Nashville, you're not doing it to not live there. What's the Those What's the other people. What's the other Boondock Saint? Not Norman Reedus, the other guy, William Defoe. No, okay, that's that's he's obviously my favorite. I can't uh Sean Patrick Flannery. Flaherty? Flannery. Go fish again. He was powder. I'm saying no one knows what Aaron Rodgers would do, and this is the most Aaron Rodgers to do that he could to do. 
to say, buck what everyone has said I'm going to do, buck the system for putting me in a place that I haven't announced I'm going to go. I'll just build the coolest house five minutes from where the Tennessee Titans play, and I'm going to end up there. How long does it take to build a house? Six months? What time? When's the NFL season start? Six months? That's about right. An off-the-charts genius who was homeschooled and shunned after his last relative dies shows the unconscious residents of his town about connection awareness and the generosity of the spirit. That's IMDb that... on Powder. Starring I Sean do... Patrick Flannery, Mary Steerburgen, and Jeff Goldblum. Aaron Rodgers needs the IMDb on how to turn and hand it off to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry will have a career low in carries if Aaron Rodgers is there. Yeah, but a career high in yards because everyone's got to everyone's got to respect the pass. AJ so Brown and Devontae Adams, Julio, the ghost of Julio oh my Jones. Gosh, yes. Whatever tight end they can bring in to save him underneath. I'm telling you, this is a no-brainer to me. Put the money. If you are a betting man right now, find what the <laughs> odds are for the Titans and the Super Bowl next year. Put your money on it right now. Aaron Rodgers also has a property management company with properties all over the country. So, I love you taking a leap of faith. And why are you? I thought you're on the the Jaguars bandwagon. Jaguar. I think Tannen Hill will end up in Green Bay. That makes perfect sense to me. All this works out perfect. I think if Aaron Rodgers is gone, Tom Brady will unretire, pull a Favre in Favre's old home. And we'll see number 12 in green and yellow. Oh, my God. You should see Vital shaking his head. He's going to hurt his neck. He's shaking his head so hard right now. <laughs> Chantel Weesey joining us after the break. She is the – well, she's the everything at Soma Unidos over there with New Mexico United. We're going to talk to her and how she got into sports management and sports adjacent. 501c3, non-for-profits that help the community because uh, it's a Women Coast Wednesday here on the show, and we're having a lot of fun with it. Thank you to O'Neill's for allowing us to come out every Thursday, and we're going to do that this week. We're at the Knob Hill location, and thank you to Electric Playhouse for helping us start our wiffle ball and dodgeball leagues in March. For two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Van, I don't know if you know, but it's the best Valentine's Day ever. Listen for your chance to text in and get qualified to win the best Valentine's Day ever package, including a $250 gift certificate to John Thomas Jewelers, beautiful flowers from People's Flowers, wine tasting for two at Gruet, and delicious sweets from the Candy Lady. Text the word LOVE to the studio right now, 505-246-0610, and you're registered. Van, you, I don't think, are eligible to win. Because no one will go on a Valentine's Day That's with okay. me. You just, you really Is that always, why? Nope, nope. It's because of your employment status. Oh, oh, because I work here. Okay, <sighs> okay, 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 okay. That's better. That's better. Jo- joining us now on the program for our Women Crush Wednesday, because we are celebrating girls and women's in sports as it's the national day to do that. Chanel Weesey, the executive director of Somos Unidos Foundation. Chanel, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, and I'm sending all my thoughts to those out there stuck on the road. I know it's going really slow, so happy to help keep company today. Getting home late is a, is way better than than getting home not getting home at all. Yeah, so take your safe. exactly. Yeah, take, take your time out there, Albuquerque. You got the. Yeah, we all have a window where you're at. Can you see what's happening? Van, you, well, and we're it's, actually on the live stream. It's solid gray. I can't see yes. through the window. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty slow. 
Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Go slow and steady. Um, no rush. So far, everything looks like people are doing that, but I know people can get impatient. Part-time meteorologist and full-time executive director for So Much You Need Us Foundation, <laughs> Chanel Weesey joining us. Chanel, we are celebrating women in sports today on our Women Crush Wednesday, and we just want to hear your story a little bit, kind of talk about how you got started in foundation work alongside the New Mexico United and what first piqued your interest in working as a professional woman in the world of sports. Sure, yeah. Thank you so much for the question and for inviting me on today. This is one of my days because I think when you start thinking about um, women in sport, it means a lot of different things to different people. So the first thing you might think of is like the athlete and the, the ponytail and like that whole, um, then you start thinking soccer, right? Cause then we're in New Mexico and that's, that's such a beloved sport here. And I, I think of like coach Heather Dyke and all of her amazing ladies on the yeah. UNM women's soccer team. Um, and I'm very new to being a woman in sport only as of, um, 2020, really, I started uh, actually between March and April of 2020 when I, you know, had just finished a conversation with Peter Trevisani with New Mexico United, and he said, you know, we're overdue on thinking about using, you know, a new nonprofit arm of the club as a tool to doubling down on community impact, which had been part of the club's ethos since day one. So the only reason I was even talking to Peter Trevisani at the time um, was because, A, I was a fan. I mean, you both know that, but it's worth it to sure. mention. Um, you know, I had been part of the curse for the first year, that, that magic 2019 year that we all reference. And that was my first time ever being a soccer fan, too. So I still really have only watched a full 90 minutes of New Mexico United. Huh. You know, I do sometimes watch Arsenal with David Carl, but that is absolutely like split attention. I would say it averages out to like 50 minutes. Um <laughs> Definitely split attention, and then when I'm watching United, that's like, don't don't call, don't text, because it's just so exciting for me um, to see those guys on the pitch. So, um, so the one reason was I was a fan, so we were connected that way. And the second reason was because I already worked at another nonprofit at the time. So I worked for the Albuquerque Community Foundation. It just seemed to be like a really good blend of my passion for what New Mexico United was doing for the state, and my experience, you know, thinking about grant making and collective impact and how can a tool like a 501c3 be leveraged the most to make a change in our community. And you both are no stranger to that. You support amazing nonprofits all the time. You're, your community people through and through. So I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> sure. So Chanel, you mentioned that, you know, you were a fan of the United in their first year and actually segued into being part of the organization. Have you always had a passion for sports, and is this just like, you know, the the cherry on top that now you get to work for the organization that you're also a fan of? Yeah, and I think I, I think I've always been a sports fan. Um, you know, I, I went to the Sunday Church of the NFL growing up, like nice. with my parents and my family. But um, I was a pretty singular sport fan at that like throughout my life, and then I was really curious about the different ways that non-capital I institutional organizations could be like better agents of community change. So I was, I was more interested in thinking about how can these, how can restaurants, how can, um, you know, groups of parents and community organizers and like political groups be agents of change um, in addition to like what we expect of these big behemoths like 
community foundations or big corporate foundations or um, public school systems where I saw there was a lot of frustration and a lot of lack of movement, um, not just like where I was, where we were all trying to figure out how to put out statements with like full board approval and everything like that. Like there are reasons why certain institutions and organizations move at the pace that they do. But I was really interested in getting to a space where we could be faster. That's just like where I'm at in like how I feel about community impact. And so um, I never had really considered what could sports do in this other arena of my life. That's like my life passion. But once I could sort of see the mixture of it and after seeing a full year of United, it was clear how the energy harness that sports can really go into being an agent for community change too. Well, and talk about the Somos Unidos Foundation, how you work alongside the United. Have you been able to find businesses or corporations or groups in the community that are prominently led by women themselves? And has that helped the connection to the foundation and how you've been able to impact kids in the community? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I hadn't really considered that before, but now that you mention it, so there's there's obviously like the really bright spot, and then I think there, let's be really really honest with you guys, there's a little bit of a shadow to that too. So the majority of leadership in social change organizations and like those groups that you expect, like you know the head of nonprofits and stuff, it is majority women. So when I'm meeting with people in the community that are going to be passionate about the change that we're expecting to see and that are working in, um, I think of somebody that you might know, like Amanda Aragon, who leads her own education policy nonprofit, they're 501c2, I believe, um, or four. So I think of women like that who have committed their lives to community change. What the, the shadow piece of it that I'll just share is that when I'm meeting with people who have the resources to help us accomplish those things, and I'm meeting with people who direct money and organizations, there are some women, but I do see more men in those roles. So it's great that Albuquerque and New Mexico is such a collaborative um, environment. Like I said, you all have seen it where there's a ton of people at the table to make something happen, and that is just like the New Mexico way. We're very neighborly and we're very collaborative by nature. But it is something that I'm recognizing as I'm having more conversations, like at the league level, to say, okay, there's an initial hump to get more representation of women in our front offices and and coaching staff in general. That's like what the diversity fellowship program is for. We can talk about that too. But then when women are in an organization, I realize just based on like, knowing my wonderful friends and their big hearts for community and the way that they are heart-centered mothers and PTA presidents and um, someone who's going to start a community collection concept in their organizations that are for profit. I realize like our level of comfortability with talking about our desire to help the community is really high. And sometimes there's a hesitancy or the lack of maybe confidence or just experience in talking about how we drive revenue and outcomes that way. So that's sort of a new frontier for me in 2022 is how can we help women grow within organizations and like these very important business conversations that we're capable of having. Um, but whether it's an invitation to be at the table or whether it's just that knowledge that that's like also what we need to lead with is 
an important focus to advance women's roles in sports and other industries, too. Oh, my gosh, Chanel, you're telling me that women are more caring and kind and compassionate and work harder in their community. This is my surprised face. (laughs) And and it's also just that we're naturally, I think, like, even if you're talking historically or even, like, archaeologically, you see that. You, You kind of see how, like, the community convening, that's just, like, a natural part of who we are. And there are men who who do it. I mean, again, you two are examples of that. You're always coming to me with an idea of how we can make an impact. I love that. And then there's women who do direct resources, but I just am noticing from my experience when the all-call is made, like, hey, we're going to solve this problem. Um, When COVID hit, we're like, hey, we need, like, the governor needs people to give blood and we need people who are willing to make masks and like all these things. Like I saw women mostly. (laughs) Um, uh, I hope that's okay to say. No, absolutely. Of course. I have a mother and a daughter and a sister who are all amazing women. And I'm very lucky that they have set the bar so high for me and my expectations are so high going forward. Chanel, what's, what's on the horizon uh, for the Somos Unidos foundation? What are the big, what are the big goals this year? And actually, Van, before Chanel, before you answer that, can you actually hang out past the break? Because we got to grab one real quick, and we'll come back to what's going on with the foundation and how Boom. you guys are impacting the community. A hundred percent. Yeah. Thanks. See you after the break. Love everything about that. When we get back from the break, more Chanel we see as we're talking about what's going on at Somos Unidos Foundation and how they are doing everything in their power to impact the community positively. Thank you to O'Neill's who allows us to come out every Thursday, and thank you to the Electric Playhouse for letting us host events there, including wiffle ball and dodgeball upcoming this March. We're very excited about that. We're two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back live on the program. It's been a very good program thus far today. It's been a Women Crush Wednesday. Thank you to Parker, who's taking over producing the show. He's doing an excellent job. <laughs> Joining us on the program, friend of the show, friend in real life, Chanel Weesey, the executive director of Someone You Need Us Foundation. And before the break, Van, you had asked, what's going on at the foundation? And Chanel is about to shine a little light on, on what's, what's going on in that part of town. Yeah, and a follow-up, yeah. how can we help? Oh, good question. Oh, thank you. What a great question. Um, you're going to have to cut me off. I'm going to try to keep it short because there are just so many things that I'm excited minutes. about right now. No, you go. I'll take this segment yep. off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think we just put on Twitter today 4,500 season tickets. I know this isn't like necessarily foundation, but I'm just very excited for this season and to be back in stadium like with Let's just break the attendance record again this year. That's going to be really fun to see happen. Um, Our academy is back at practice. So one thing that the foundation does that some people may or may not know is we fully fund our academy team 100%. So they don't pay a dime to be part of this. That includes away travel, um, their very own like coaching staff and portions of New Mexico United coaching staff who support this elite level training that they're offered, you know, for the first time last year made it to the playoffs, placed third, just really good momentum in that space. Um, you know, kids between the ages of 14 and, you know, 18, 19 years old. It's just really exciting to see the level of talent in New Mexico. Um, the academy is popping off. Very exciting. Um, our diversity fellowship applications are open right now. So what that is, it's a distinct invitation to 
be part of New Mexico United for a short period of time, almost like a leadership rotational where you learn on the front office side, different areas of the business, get to work game days, just get that experience and that lingo and that that way where you can just go to another club or New Mexico United and say, hey, I've done this before, I belong, um, give me a job. <laughs> so there's that on the front office side. And then on the coaching side, you know, just getting to explore your coaching philosophy and learn some of the tactical approaches from um, something else to be very excited about, our new head coach, Zach Prince. Um, he has always been such a champion for our community work. Um, he is someone who has been very um, committed to the idea of keeping our academy and our youth programming free. So I just feel very grateful to have such a champion for youth like alongside with us, and, and I can't wait to see what he does on the field this year. Um, I'll pause if you have questions about any of those things. Well, first of all, 4,500 season tickets, that, that has to be the record, right? Yes, that is oh. – um, Wow, I don't want to mess this up on like live radio, but I think it's like at least eight hundred to a thousand more than twenty nineteen. Oh wow! So, Congratulations. I, I just don't even know. I think people are just ready to come back. There are people that we've met out in the community, statewide, also who have said, "I can't believe I haven't gone to a game yet. Like, what am I doing with my life?" And I say, "I don't know, but you need to figure it out." And so I think people True. are just ready to come back, ready to subscribe and buy in, and like get all this like good energy the next big venture for the foundation is what the next thing that everyone's going to hear about that's going to have big impact is what chanel yeah i think um what we're focusing on this year is exploring how do we help um we're hearing from you know some of our friends at different uh like youth clubs and things like that that the pool of talent in coaching is challenging or just the pool of coaches that are available for hire is a challenge for clubs and their sustainability right now. I think that's also something we're seeing across a lot of different industries, right? Like we are all looking for the next great person to be on our team and to help us accomplish our goals on and off the field. So we are trying to brainstorm what can we be doing to create and to invest in that pool of, of coaches in New Mexico um, and all of the positive outcomes associated with that. So Yes, it's like contributing to the professional offering of, of youth soccer and youth sports across the board, you know, in this state. But then it's also those other positive outcomes where if you can get, you know, a young person in a neighborhood who might be between things or isn't sure what they want to do yet, just doing some, some soccer clinic type things and kicking the ball around with kids in their community, like, now they have a really positive role model and like coaching and sports changes lives. We all, we all agree with that. So um, just thinking about how can we empower and deputize our community to do the work that we believe in, which is, you know, one soccer ball can entertain 20 kids for at least an hour. Um, then once you're playing and you're, you're winded, you're like, okay, now I want to condition. Now I want to, be active and I want to walk and I want to drink water. And it's just like this snowball effect, pun intended for the day that like soccer can be a change agent for a child. How do we get more people oh. kicking the ball around? Love that. Uh, on Facebook live, we have a very charming picture of you in the home, New Mexico, true Jersey. And in the chat, oh, yeah. Jersey is fire from friend yes. of the show, Dylan. 
he has no idea how great New Mexico United's merch is and what a huge impact it's had on Albuquerque. Everywhere you go is black and yellow. What do you think led to such a huge influx of support for the New Mexico United? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, First, it's something that Peter Trevisani and, and anybody else who has, you know, the microphone in a meeting or something in the organization, it's shared among us all the time. We re-earn that enthusiasm every day. I mean, me personally, I know just even like as a native New Mexican, it takes a lot of courage to be enthusiastic. It's a lot easier to be cynical or, you know, um, don't want to feel silly, like cheering. And so I think creating a safe space for people to do that and to let people come in and be fans in whatever way makes sense to them. There's no guidebook. There's no rules. I mean, we respect one another and we're family. That's pretty much it. So if you want to be someone who comes to a game every once in a while and you have a sticker on your car, that's great. If you're a diehard and you have a United tattoo, I know all (laughs) you crazy people out there who who have one, you know, that's that's just as good. There's no baseline. Um, You can be a donor to the foundation at $10, $10,000, like your family. So I think that mentality from day one was really important. Um, And I think, like, the community piece. I'm very lucky to be in an organization, like I was talking about earlier, talking about the value of your work and the ROI and all of that. I don't have to prove that all the time because my, my team and my leadership expects the foundation to be its best, and they see that just as valuable as selling a corporate partnership or something like that. Mm. Um, but I feel for, for women in other sports organizations who may not get to be on the revenue-generating side and have to prove that. And so I'm hoping that every time we get somebody asking us, like, how do you do it in New Mexico? How do you have all these fans? And we just talk about the community-first model. I'm also helping somebody in that club who's been saying that and just needs a little bit of external validation. So you just re- you hit on it again, and I know you hit it on in our first segment. But that's why we're doing Women Crush Wednesday, because obviously you're in a position where you're able to inspire others to get into the field of sports and get into the field adjacent to sports. What are the words, Chanel? What is the little piece of advice you would give to young adult or maybe right now kids stuck in their car during the snowstorm or parent that wants to help get their kid excited about opportunities in sports? What is that little piece of information or advice you would give to young ladies out there who would be excited to enter the world of, of professional athletics or collegiate or as they define it? Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think what I would have liked to hear, heard at that age is just the affirmation that there is space for you mm. um, in whatever that means to you. And even if you can't quite picture the distinct path, taking the next best step and doing the next best thing and staying in line with, with your integrity and sort of exploring what that actually means to you to be in your body and in your integrity. So, like, knowing you perform best, whether that's in art or music or sport or academics, like, when you're fully you. And I think, like, the upcoming generation is a lot more welcoming and open, and I think we're making space for for kids and young people to be themselves um, and telling them that they matter. Like I have a shirt. It's one of my favorite shirts. It says youth matter because we just have to be reminded that there's just so much wisdom there. And I just encourage, especially young women to trust their voice and, 
to like lean into the things that make them different. Um, there's a reason why like only a couple of the women at New Mexico United actually have a sports background. That's really important, and we value that experience. But we're we're getting all this like perpendicular experience. So someone who has done something completely different, but brings that energy to like a meow wolf night, for example, that's huge. Um, in thinking outside of the box. Chanel Weesey, thank you so very much for taking your time with us today. Thank you so very much for being a friend of the show. And obviously, if anyone wants to connect with you, they can do it through the website, which is somosunidosfoundation.org. Or I assume, Chanel, you're going to be at O'Neill's tomorrow night with our friend David Carl as he's going to sit in for an hour while I trudge the snow to Las Vegas, New Mexico for the Highlands game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I am very accessible. That's that's the other thing is, like, I, I love getting questions and I love sharing with people actually how how imperfect some of our first steps have been. And that's the other thing, too, is just, like, be willing to take an imperfect step because if you wait till you're perfect, you'll never do it. Um, sure. So I'm, I'm Chanel ABQ across, like, all channels. My DMs are open. And then Somos Unidos FDN across all channels, too, if you want to follow our work. That would be the best way to help. Just keep cheering us on um, and, like, remind us we're not doing this work alone. That's the biggest thing. Chanel Weesey, she's one of the boys. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. I look forward to hearing from Gina, too. I'm going to be staying on to listen. As you should. She'll melt whatever (laughs) snow surrounds her. So let's grab a break, guys, and where we – Whenever we get back, we'll wrap up the first hour and then just one short segment until our very good friend Gina Thomas joins us, the owner of the Duke City Gladiators. We're two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. It's been a good one today. A little Women Crush Wednesday. We've been laughing a lot. Thank you to Chrissy Baines who joined us from the iStopes. Thank you to Chanel Weesey, who gave us two really solid segments talking about her journey in the world of sports and also what the So Much Unidos Foundation is doing for Albuquerque. Really proud of Paxson, who's taken over behind the glass, making the show go around. It's insanely impressive. You know what I just noticed, Fred? What's that, big guy? Today is Groundhog Day. Yep. You know, if you seize a shadow, six more weeks of winter, right? That is correct. You don't see your shadow. You get an early spring. Yay. I, I believe that's also correct, yes. And if you look outside your window right now, this is what happens when the groundhog dies. Yeah. He literally body. died. <laughs> yes, right. Well, that's the thing. Like, out goes one Puxitani Phil, and in comes another one. Yeah, Who's Santa's little helper. R.I.P. Milltown Mel. What's that like, producer Phil, to be named after a groundhog? Is that like a weird thing for you? What's that energy like in your life? Now that you just parents? brought it up, that, it's going to haunt me forever now. It's not well, It's not Puxitani Phil. It's like, what is it, Pohake Phil? Well, like, yeah. Yeah. Producer <laughs> Phil is what it is, and that's producer. what it's going to be for the, for the remainder of this program. <laughs> yes. Because I'm running out of P nicknames. The only other one I got is Phoenix, and I don't even think that's a good one. Like, I don't even – who names their kid Phoenix. I don't know. I, can't I don't know a single. single I don't know a single person. Good on them. I'm surprised there's not like some hippie daycare in Flagstaff where my niece goes. And there's not a phoenix there. 
Because there's yeah. every other hippie name you could think of. Oh, there. yeah. There's Preston and Paxton and Prince. and There's Palmer. multiple sages. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All those earthly names. Earthly the, names? You know, How about, you know, here's one, Patchouli. Huh? Oh, what Patchouli is, Phil. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> it's Isn't that like Mike Vitale to immediately make you identify your nationality? Like the second he meets you, he's like, I'm Michael Vital. I am an Italian, but I'm not because I'm from Wisconsin. What are you? I That's get how my right. Yeah. I actually get some Pete Davidson vibes from Phil. I'm not sure what he is. <laughs> like, he's some he's some weird hodgepodge that I couldn't pick one out for sure. I have never actually seen Phil. So that is I know where I am. at. In my you were life. out of town and then you got quarantined. You haven't even met the guy. You're, you're, no. you're already bagging on him. You know, even you can even pick him out of a lineup. I mean, fortunate for he, right? Because it's not every you get like a new, what did we say his new nickname was Prince Pierce. What are we going with? We gotta figure it out. We gotta let yeah, this gotta one f- let this one bleed a little bit before we tag him with a nickname. Oh, it'll take weeks. It's so not like last minute Mike over here. No. <laughs> I can't wait to put something about Phil on Urban Dictionary. I'm really excited. There has to be something, right? Whenever it's like when. When one fill comes, another one goes. Hold on. There Ooh, right. ugh. Hold on. It's a family-friendly show here. Phil passes. What am I trying to go with here? And also, after you broke the news of Puxatani Phil dying, I looked it up after the show. It wasn't even Puxatani Phil. It was like a New Jersey one. It's it Milltown like, Mel. Yeah, it was like it was like the off-brand of Puxatani Phil. You gave me the market fresh of Puxatani Phil, not even the actual Puxatani Phil. The Mr. Pibb of Puxatani Phil. The Dr. Thunder, you mean? Yes, that's what it was. Mr. Was Pibb like is, first off, Mr. Pibb's better than Dr. Pepper, you no, loser. Not, that's not true. He makes yeah. a better product, and he didn't have to go to soda school for it. <sighs> soda school is not a real school. Oh, where, okay, well, what? Claiming accreditations from places that don't do exist. Do you think Dr. Pepper's an actual medical doctor? No, Phil he up. just went to soda, soda school. Van owns, like... Like a degree on his wall from like Hogwarts. Like he thinks it's real stuff. No, I went to school at Columbia. He has he has a the country, not the not the school. He has a degree <laughs> from the school of hard knocks. Okay, that's legit true. <laughs> Your boy's got some scars. Speaking of uh, colors in them streets. The Bengals are going to wear black at the Super Bowl, man. I'm very excited about this because like, that's the best look. Black on black? Black on white. Ah, oh, boo. Yeah, so black on top, white on the bottom. But, I mean, that third look is their best look. I like it, so, too. Yeah, this is because this is the one that gets seen around the world. This is how the Bengals introduce their brand to the world because, as we all know, Cincinnati ain't been there in forever long. Yeah, I, I wish it would have been like – what do you call it? The Nike color, color, color rush? Is it color rush? The co- the black on orange color rush would be sweet, but black on top, white on bottom. That's a very strong second place and an excellent choice. Does it change the line? I don't think it does. They'll probably half a point. Black pants would make for a cool look, though. You're super because that's like that's like dark horse. Stuff. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and Fab Five, black on black on black. That's the only real look. Agreed. Dave and Buster's allows us to bring you this show every single day. Obviously, we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And Van is enjoying the warmth at the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Very warm. When we get back, top of the hour, weather after this. Two men on, 95.9 FM, 
AM 610, the sports animal. Top of the hour, back live on the program. And during the break, a uh, friend of the show, friend in real life, Eddie Nunez, reached out to us, the athletic director at UNM, and asked if he could have a couple minutes to update everyone on the game tonight. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Thank you for having me, guys. Really appreciate this. What uh, What's going on at the pit? What's uh, What's the situation? So, absolutely. I think the uh, biggest thing right now, first of all, everyone is seeing the weather right now, and I know they're, they're watching the news and hearing you guys, and Please be safe out there. That's the first thing. Um, having just dri- driven through this right now, I can tell you it's not it's not fun, and so please be safe. But for us right now, our teams were actually Colorado State should be there any minute. Uh, we're probably going to push the game back a few minutes before it gets start um, before it was uh, designated to get started. But if fans are home, if they haven't left yet, honestly, this is one of those nights that we encourage them to stay home. Watch this on on through the internet, um, through our app. Uh, again, we'd love to have them in the pit. That's one of the things that, that we want more than anything else. If you're out there already, we're still going to have the game. It's still going to be available, but um, it's one of those times that we want people to please be safe now more than ever. Instead of getting in a car, if you can watch from home, this is the time we encourage it. Just because of it, I've seen it, and uh, it's, it's dangerous out there. I want people to be safe. So for the fans that may not be attending tonight by choice, Eddie, would their tickets still have value at a game later in the season? Yeah, we'll work all that out, especially for those that bought single-game tickets. We'll figure all that stuff out. Um, I think from our perspective right now, safety is more important than, than, than dollars or anything else. And so we're, we're it's a limited crew from my, even my staff just because of everything that's happening. It keeps coming down. Um, so just – if you can stay home, watch it. Watch it. They're going to right now. All indications are we're going to play the game. The officials are there. Colorado State should be pulling up any minute. We're going to probably push the game back about 30 minutes just to be safe. But just so everybody understands what's going on, I wanted to try to get on the radio. I know there's a lot of a lot of our fans that listen to the show, and I wanted to make sure to to hit as many people as we can through all our our platforms. Eddie hey, Nunez. Really appreciate you coming on, Eddie. Really appreciate you alerting the Albuquerque community and the friends of the show what's going on. Appreciate you being proactive and keeping the community safe. Thanks so much. Always, guys. I really appreciate it. And then uh, let's let's look to catch up here soon. Love to get back on there. I know you guys have got a, a, a big list of, 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 of guests, but one of these days we'll squeeze me in there again. We'll, we'll be on and talk about something different than weather. And just real quick before we let you go, Eddie, uh, recap yeah. the, the university's decision tonight. You're absolutely going to play, but what is the advisement yeah. to the fans? Advisement to the fans is, at this point, if you haven't left your home, if you're on your way and you can go back home, um, we encourage you to do so. Just because the streets, were how they are and everything else, please be safe. If you can watch it online, do so. If you're at the venue, we will still have fans allowed to go in. But, again, more than anything else right now, we want you to be safe. Eddie Nunez, Athletic Director at UNM, thank you so very much. Thanks, guys. You guys have a wonderful night. Be safe. Thanks, Eddie. What a good dude. That's the UNM style, though. They they care about people. You know, it's it's a big deal out there to make sure everyone is safe. And, and the women's product's very good, but here's the thing. Just keep listening to us after the show. You can listen to J.J. Buck call all the action. Yeah, I mean, and good on them for being so proactive. Like, that shows the kind of leadership they have there and shows what kind of athletic department they have there. And it's just really cool to see in real time. 
Well, and, and it's I don't know. It speaks highly to we say proactive, right? But it's it's easy for UNM to put out a tweet. It's easy to sure. put out a social media thing and say, sure. "Hey, you know, we're excited about Colorado State tonight. You know, we have everyone in the building, and we're going to play a game. It's going to go well." But here's the thing: we're going to take that extra step. So you know, Eddie makes the effort to connect with us, which is nice. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to connect with you know KOB or some of the other outlets in town to say, "Hey, let's get this in front of as many." Lobo and Lady Lobo fans as possible because if you have been to a Lady Lobo, Lobo game recently, they draw. Yep. The pit packs the house. Yep. And obviously the live stream will be available and then everything that's going on here on 95.9 FM and AM 610, you can catch J.J. Buck with all the action. And he's, I mean, I'm, I listen to the Mountain West. He's the absolute best. Like, he knows the game. He loves the game. He communicates the game well. And if you're already at home having a weird snowed-in night anyways – I mean, I don't know, pour yourself some hot chocolate and listen to J.J. Buck call the Lady Logos. And under advisement of Eddie Nunez, stay at home, y'all. Tonight's not the night. Mikey, Mikey's shaking his head right there. Are, what? are you experiencing some problems, or are you telling Lobo fan to put on snow chains and quit being a coward? What are you saying back there? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I interrupted him doing something important. Yeah, he's definitely no, talking no, to we'll, JJ. We'll, you guys will stay on until 7. But the other thing is that he said Lady Logos, and I thought that was funny. Oh, so okay. I was by that. Okay, I see what's so, going on here. All right, so I guess production note, you said we're going to be on until 7. Is that what you just said? Well, they'll go to 7, and then we'll go to then after that to CBS, and then the Lobos. So, But you guys are until 7. Well, how about, oh. we just, how about we just stay on call? We'll stay to seven if you need us. Stay past seven, even. If, I mean, if, we got it. We got ammunition. Well, I have dinner so plans. We'll, yeah, so, so yeah. we just take you. You guys take <laughs> it to seven. We'll go from there. Now, is there is there been more of a last minute Mike move than what just happened right here? Uh, can we exactly. talk about this for a second? Yeah. Like, can we get can we get away from sports for two seconds? This is literal definition of last minute Mike. <laughs> you guys actually, uh, you're going to work another half hour today. No overtime. No yeah. compensation whatsoever. I'm not even going to bother to tell you until right now on air because yeah. that's how last-minute Mike rolls. <laughs> and, you know, I've noticed a strong change in last-minute Mike since since he started working with Pablo back there. And Nice. Yeah, and I just – I don't know if I like feeling outnumbered the way we're feeling right now. There's a lot of production in the building. Well, I mean, all the, the production skills he has and managing back-of-the-house stuff, like all of that, he's just top shelf. But I don't want this last-minute – Mike stuff rubbing off on Phil. No. Do everything he says except for that one part. Okay. Official word from friend of the show, Eddie Nunez, athletic director at UNM, is uh, don't chance it tonight, y'all. Tonight, if uh, if you can be at home and you can be safe, do that. But the conditions and the roadways and the continuing elevation, or excuse me, the continuing accumulation of snow has made it uh, just not really worth the effort to get out to see the lady logos. tonight as they take on colorado state well done i know i'm it's not my first time with this also there is like a different aspect here i know we only got a couple minutes so we're just going to burn this segment out there's a different aspect in being remote because and i can a lot of people are tuning into the live stream and that's really nice but it's different than than in studio radio like if if eddie were to call like he did earlier and we're both in studio we prepared ahead of time but we sure. can't talk to each other during breaks. There's yep. no preparation. It's literally me texting you saying, hey, Eddie's coming on, and we're going to go kind of hot on it. Like, because that's, that's the energy. Because we laugh a lot, but this is serious. Like, this is 
you know, this, I mean, I'm not saying we're doing Stormwatch because it's funny. We're doing Stormwatch because it's prudent. Sure. Yeah. And it didn't help either that I had a, a little potty break during that segment. And that I saw, I sat down, I saw Eddie's picture. And he said, and I looked at my text. He said, Eddie's coming on. And I was like, about what? What do I prepare for? What are we doing here? But I mean, that's the life, right? And also, like, if you're, like, say you're, like, passionate, like, Lady Lobo fan and you're going out to the game to make that thing work, if you are doing that, by the way, in support, you can do whatever you want. Sure. I mean, the the official statement advisement is don't. But do that in the most cautious way possible. And this is going to sound cliche, but coming up there off uh, Cesar Chavez, I mean, that's literally a hill up into that parking lot pit. Like, that, I mean, your car has to be able to handle that. And you're like, Fred, it's a little hill. It's a little hill when there's no snow and ice on it. It's a little hill, like, but it, it's just it's it's not easy to access the building. Number one, if you're not accustomed to the conditions, and number two, if you don't have a vehicle that can do it. Yeah, and by the way, guy who is accustomed to driving in snow knows how to drive in snow. Be kind to everyone. It's else. not about you, bro. No, it's not about you. Be patient with people around you. They're not experienced. They're not great at it. And mm-hmm. you know, if you've lived here longer than one winter season, you know how it gets here. You know how people well, drive when the conditions aren't great. And we started the show with that joke, didn't we? We said, hey, watch out. The road's covered in New Mexico drivers. Literally. And, yeah. And you know what's happened over the course of 90 minutes? A lot of accumulation. Yeah. A lot like of accumulation and a lot of, if you're listening to the traffic. Yeah. And a lot of be fender kind, benders already. Be kind to your DoorDash driver tonight. They're worth that 25% or whatever. I don't even know what you tip a DoorDash driver. I have. I pay the $9 for the pro. I don't even know what delivery fees are. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal text line, just like this last loyal listener who says, my neighborhood kid is a female and named Phoenix. She is a cheerleader at blank high school. She's as precious as can be. Well, there's a I Phoenix. There's a I Phoenix for you right there. That didn't take long. I already found one. Isn't the lead singer a Weezer named Phoenix? His last name, right? I don't know. I really have no idea. No, you're thinking, oh, you're smashing two different humans together. You're thinking of River Phoenix and then Weezer's Rivers Cuomo. You're thinking of Rivers Cuomo Phoenix, who is a very talented actor slash musician. Rivers is a super strong hippie name. Oh, yeah. Today's varsity. You don't even got to be specific. You just any river. Today's I-9 Varsity because we're going to 7 o'clock when we thought we were only going to 6.30, so we've got to fill some content. Yep. Today's I-9 Varsity is the Varsity of Hippie Names, okay? Ooh, good one. Yeah, this will be a good one. And then, obviously, we will let Phil contribute for the first time ever on the Varsity because he's going to say Philip, and we're going <laughs> to say, no, that's a formal name. It doesn't no, quite no. count. You know, no, he's in the Bible. Really get, yeah, you don't really quite yeah. get the No the, hippie the names in the Bible. No, it's – well, I mean, there's – yeah, I guess there's none, really. Nebuchadnezzar? So, that's yeah. pretty hippie. It's got a Z in it. I think that's from The Matrix. I think you're thinking of The Matrix. Not from The Matrix? Hey, Nebuchadnezzar? Whenever we get back, joining us on the program, hey, maybe for two segments, because we got time to kill, Mike, last minute Michael Vital. Sure. Gina, <laughs> Gina Thomas, owner of the Duke City Gladiators, and we're going to talk to her on our Women Crush Wednesday, and we're very excited about it. Thank you to the YMCA of Central New Mexico for allowing us to start our days there each and every single day of the week. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports
Welcome back to the program. Welcome to everyone tuning in in their cars. Maybe a little bit longer commute today for some of you with the weather. We're glad to have you. Joining us on a Women Crush Wednesday because it's National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Owner of the Duke City Gladiators, friend in real life and friend of the show, Gina Thomas. Gina, welcome. Thank you. How are you guys? We feel good. Doing and, uh, good. We can tell. Well, I want you to know that I got brief for like 15 minutes almost, you know, about um, what I'm allowed to say and not allowed to say. <laughs> Even asked if I could paraphrase. They went back to check and I got told big no. No, hard no. Hard no on that one. Uh, hard no. Hard no is, on my descriptive words. We and you have worked a lot inside a lot of projects outside of radio and the gladiators. And you know we both like to laugh off the air, so we had a joke about it beforehand. Gina, the reason we called is because we're putting focus today on women in athletics and sports and, and just the entry path for them and, and kind of the motivation behind they got why they got into it. Gina, can you a little bit tell your story about – becoming an owner of the Duke City Gladiators and, and what that process was and why it was so important to you? Well, um, I was I love football, first of all. The Replacements is my favorite movie. Nice. And, you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, you know, strong Dallas Cowboy fan. So and I'm a little upset today about this Washington Commander thing, but, you know, I, I'm sure we'll work our way around that at some point. But, you know, I went to a game. I was at, you know, the top of my industry, you know, a little bit bored, and I went to um, an arena game um, with an invitation from the prior owner, and I just fell in love with it. And, you know, he gave me the opportunity to buy in, and, you know, I took advantage of that opportunity. And then, you know, that that was at the end of 17, 18 rolled around. You know, we had the we had the baddest of the bad in arena, in arena football, as far as I'm concerned, on that 18 team. And we won a championship. 19 rolled around, and, uh, you know, uh, prior ownership, you know, had pretty much, you know, spent as much time as they could, you know, focusing on trying to develop sports in New Mexico, which, as you know, is extremely difficult. And so I was presented an opportunity to take over, and I did. And then we went forward and, you know, won a championship in 19, and uh, the rest is history. You know, we won that championship. Um, I immediately moved us to a more competitive, you know, league, which I think, you know, has produced a much better product, sure. you know, for our city and, uh, you know, for, for our guys. Because, you know, this sport is to, you know, showcase our guys to either get them back to the NFL or to the NFL, CFL, or just because they just love the sport. You know, it's, it's like any other thing that you do your whole entire life, you know. you just It just burns deep inside of you, and those boys love this sport. So... Breaking news, Jim Harbaugh will not entertain offers from the Minnesota Vikings and will return to Michigan. So a little breaking news for you out there, loyal listener. So, Gina, where did your your love of football come from in the first place? Like little little Gina, is this a is this a family thing? Is this something that you learned over time? Or well, were you, or were you, as you know, a fan my daddy as long? my daddy was a Dallas fan, and then when I was um, – 10 years old, it was 11 years old, no 10. Um, I was in a beauty pageant in West Texas where I won runner-up for Junior Miss Texas, and I had dinner with Bob Lilly and Roger Staubach. So Ooh. the deal was sealed for me at that point. There you go. Yeah, so fan of the <laughs> professional, though. So 
So you're having those conversations about the Duke City Gladiators, and you're having those conversations about becoming part of the ownership and then obviously taking over majority. But as you look around at other owners of arena football teams, there's not a lot of ladies out there, Gina. Who is in your circle? Well, who, who was a part of helping you get to, to where you're currently at? Um, well, we only had 45 days to get on the field in 19 because, you know, after the 18 season, um, unbeknownst to me, um, they were planning to file a year of dormancy and work their way to the IFL. So um, at that point, I made the decision to uh, to go ahead and take over. You know, um, Matt Ovula, uh, Chuck, you know, Chuck Lopez, you know, we had 45 days to get the team on the field. And I honestly knew nothing about running an arena football team. So we learned very quickly. Um, well, I personally learned very quickly what that checklist is about that you take out before you start a season. So, you know, which usually happens about, you know, six months before, 120 days before, we had 45 days, 45 days to get on the field. So we got our checklist out and, you know, went to every TV news station, went to, you know, uh, returning sponsors and, you know, kind of just kicked it off from there, ordered balls, ordered uniforms, you know, uh, Jimmy uh, Gallegos, who works with BSN and, of course, is, you know, a, a sports guy for, you know, our high schools and uh, wrestling and, you know, baseball in town you know, rush those uniforms for us, and, uh, you know, we hit the field. Let me, so let, it's pretty exciting. Let me piggyback on, on Fred's last question. And um, sports is a boys' club. Football is a boys' club. But here you are, a female owner of a football team. What's it like when you – In the when, IFL. Like, in the IFL. What, what's it like yeah. when you, like, you're the only woman in the room and you're getting those looks and you're getting that vibe? How do you deal with that? Well, well, that really doesn't happen to me because, you know, I'm usually like one of the guys, right? Sure. You know, so, you, you know, even in my other business, I run a construction company, you know, we flip a lot of houses. But, you know, the vibe that I do get is that, you know, I'm not part of the good old boys club. Right. So, you know, that's a little tough sometimes. If you were to speak, if you were to speak to a young adult or young lady that was interested in, you know, maybe not necessarily ownership, but front office work or being a part of like a professional sports franchise, what is some of that advice you would give to young lady who's excited about getting into that world? Well, you know, Matt and I were at a seminar one time, and a young girl asked me that, and I cannot. Um, repeat what I said sure. and this time because I've been instructed not to. But <laughs> I will paraphrase it. <laughs> you just can't be a sissy, okay? You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta go with your gut. You gotta get out there, hang with the boys. You know, if if you're standing in the room, there's a reason you're standing in the room. So you know, you just gotta give it all you got. Great you answer. Know, but uh, you know, in in the IFL, everybody in this league wants to win from the ownership to the coaches right down to the equipment manager. Hell, the cheerleaders want to win, okay? They give awards for everything. But the biggest award is that United Bowl Cup. And let me tell you something. Them boys are determined, meaning the coaches, the owners, are determined to take it home to their house. So for us to even gotten to the playoffs last year, you know, was a feat within itself. Well, and we've talked about the heartbreak that was the playoffs at Nausea. Oh, you program. beat me to it. I was going to put quarters in this ride. <laughs> 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 well, 
What are well, those yeah, that was heartbreak. Offensive pass interference. What is that crap? It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's one of the most embarrassing things I've seen in an officiating world. Ever. <laughs> what did what did you do when the, the next owner's meeting, when you got into that room, did you immediately call them out like, hey, I know it's year well, one, but you don't have to cheat to keep us out of it? Well, first of all, I called the head ref. Okay? okay, okay. The head ref. I called the head ref. I said, what the hell? So he sent me a whole breakdown of what happened and, you know, clips of the thing. But when we – you can't go to the next owner's meeting when you're the new girl in town because I'm still the new girl in town. And uh-huh. I haven't won a championship, and I haven't won, you know, a series of playoff games. So I'm still the new kid in town. I mean, you've got guys like Kevin Guy been at the Rattlers forever. you got Curtis Riggs. He's been up in Sioux Falls, won more championships than anybody. But I do know the rules now. So we are completely aware of the rules now. So as far as we're concerned, the only team that we really have to get through is the Rattlers. Hey-o. Is, is every day in the ownership position in the front office of an arena football team, is it a learning day? Is there always something to learn? Oh, yeah, every single day. And doing sports in New Mexico is definitely a learning experience within itself. It's very difficult um, to, to support one another um, reaching out across the board. You know, because we don't have enough facilities. Um, we don't have enough capital. We don't have, um, in my opinion, enough get up and go. There, there, you know, as far as the youth goes, I mean, you, let's talk about young girls coming into sports. The plan to stay in New Mexico and think you're going to get supported, you know, is, is a, a pipe, a, a, a dream, I think. Yeah. You know, we need to get to where we're really supporting our youth education-wise and sports-wise because those scholarships are destinations for our kids to their success in their future. I love that. Well said. Yeah. Gina, can you stick around after the break and we do maybe a little preview of what's going on with the Gladiators and specifically speaking about, I know you got tryouts coming up later this month. Well, this, oh yeah, I can stick Let's around. It'd be a lot funner, you know, if we were hanging out together, you know, because then I could pick on Van, but yeah. it's all right. <laughs> Gina Thomas, owner of the Gladiators, currently with us, and she's going to hang out through the break, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Gladiators and their upcoming season, specifically tryouts that are happening at the end of the month, and we're very excited to hopefully be a part of that. Thank you. What are we on? YMCA. Thank you to the YMCA of Central New Mexico. <laughs> thank you to O'Neill's who allows us to come out every Thursday. And thank you to the Electric Playhouse for being a part of the program. We're two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. Staying with us through the break. Owner of the Duke City Gladiators, Gina Thomas. And a lot going on with the Gladiators right now. New head coach, Sherman Carter, was very excited by that for the new season. A couple big signings for the squad, but you got tryouts coming up at the end of the month, Gina. Can you talk a little bit about what the team's looking for and the process of coming out and showcasing your skills? Well, you know, one of the biggest things for me, you know, going back to, you know, learning how to run an arena team was picking a good head coach. You know, when you take over a team, you know, everybody that was there before says, you know, I deserve that job. I deserve that job. And, you know, it's time from kind of a marshmallow, Fred, you know, so I, I, I buy into that kind of stuff and, you know, I get sympathetic and, <laughs> so, yes. you know, and I see people's skills and I see, you know, how maybe they didn't get that opportunity. So, you know, we cycle through 
you know, um, everybody that had been a big part of this organization and gave them that head position. So now we're at Sherman Carter, who, you know, um, is, you know, lives here, you know, is, uh, uh, you know, works in, in Albuquerque, you know, um, in law enforcement and, you know, played professional football. And, you know, now he's our head coach. And, uh, you know, Fred Griggs is doing the defense with, uh, with Chris Choice. And then you've got, you know, Brody back, you know, Landrick Brody, you know, went out there to, to Prescott and then came back, you know, came back home. And, you know, we've got, um, I think we've got, you know, uh, Dontrell Johnson is coming on to be a strength and conditioning coach. You know, he's the next NFL guy, you know, played for the Gladiators, got two championships with us also. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. We've got tryouts going on the 22nd and the 23rd out at the um, event center. You know, we've gotten a lot of support, you know, during this time from, you know, our neighbors out there in Rio Rancho with us still being able to play. Um, you know, the, the we lobbied for a new field, and we were able to get a new field, complement to the city and the state. So hopefully our new field will be here by, uh, um, by the Rattler game, which is, I think, April 4th. Exciting stuff. I know we want to touch base on tryouts a little more, but I want to see what your secret is to attracting such quality coaching candidates and such great oh, players. Question. Like, is this all you, you know, by yourself? Top, Are you guys. just like the best scout it on starts, the planet? It starts at the top with, you know, broadcasters like you guys who are so great to our guys, you know, that, you know, that incredible sense of humor that Van has, Fred, you know, it's just, it, it just attracts the best over here. I mean, yes, I know all that to be true. We already <laughs> love you. You don't have to butter us up anymore. We already love you, Gina. <laughs> Speaking of big signings, uh, no, racing. you know, it starts. It does start at the top. You know, the leadership. You know, our coaching staff are, are you know, big names in the arena game. Um, our city is beautiful. We have four seasons. We have beautiful women. We have great food, and uh, you know, we have great culture here. We have a winning culture. So you know, there's there's lots of things that attract players to come here. Former and we have one of, the, one of the number one media teams. Um, we did get media team, I think, and community outreach. That's another thing. A lot of our guys want to come here because we are so active in the community. Yeah, yeah. That's a, well, that's a gigantic. Which, which of, you guys have helped us team. with, by the yeah. way. Thank you so very much. You know, Jeff, JJ, you guys. I mean, you know, even Buck. Buck started out, you know, with us. You know, our first the first year that we took over. Big announcement earlier yesterday was running back Quavon Hicks signed to the team. He played for the Buccaneers. Obviously, he's a world of talent. You've brought in a lot of guys recently. Is there anyone you're most excited about for this new season? I'm excited that Jason Serta, you've been certified, okay? Nice. I yeah. could say a little bit more, but I was told I couldn't. Um, <laughs> is back on the field, okay? I'm excited that, you know, Dell is coming back. Nate's coming back. Cedric Johnson is coming back. I mean, our, our, you know, the, you know, the, the boys are back in town, baby. You can play that song right now, Van. Of course. <laughs> it is, coming, coming back from the break. <laughs> 2022 tryouts are right around yeah. the corner. They will be held uh, in late February. So it's 22nd, 23rd? Yes, and at then, the event it, center. So obviously. And then our camp, our camp kicks off uh, March 1st. And if you are interested in trying out for the Gladiators, all you need to do is send your name, age, your resume, uh, email it all to Coach Carter at DukeCityGladiators.com, and they'll be able to kind of get you slated. But are you guys doing sign-ups day of, too? Is there a cost? How does that We're work doing sign-ups the day of, yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah. how often we did or how often are you able to find little gems in tryouts like that? Are, are there usually a couple of guys that have a possibility of, of joining the squad? Oh, yeah, we signed, uh, you know, um, a couple of guys. And don't forget, we've got, you know, um, you know, Ron, uh, uh, Ronnie Daniels, you know, he holds another, you know, running back that holds, yeah. still holds all the state records. You know, we hope to get right. him playing football again. But, yeah, we found a couple of gems. Um, I know there's a couple of New Mexico State kickers coming out. Um, we've got, you know, we also signed um, Demonte Jackson, who, you know, come, is coming from the Broncos. You know, there's, it, there's the list goes on and on. In your in your opinion, Gina, what makes this upcoming season a good season for the Duke City Gladiators? Well, we know what we have to deal with. You know, um, you know, coming into the IFL, Fred, we you know we got to our first game. They shut us down. The pandemic happened. You know, now we know that we're going to be able to play up at you know Rio Rancho Event Center. Um, and by the way, they are absolutely incredible to us. The best. You know, uh, you know, great great venue. Um, you know, we miss being at Tingley. We miss being, you know, in the center of Albuquerque. But, you know, we know what we're going to play. Um, we know what we're dealing with as far as, you know, com- competing with the product that the IFL has. And um, we know uh, we know what we have to do to try to pack that stadium. And, you know, Albuquerque, as usual, has showed up. You know, we this is the first time we've sold tickets before. We've got tons of tickets sold. You know, every restaurant in town has ponied up to help feed the boys. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of businesses have come on to help support. You know, we'll drag you guys out there for all those little events that we do with the community and those local businesses and unions that have, uh, you know, signed on to help us. We'd, we'd be remiss oh, not to well, send a we'd be remiss not to send a shout out to CJ and the team at Evolve Strong. I know they have a huge impact on your squad during the training and the health services. And they even go with you on the road, right? Is that right? Oh, CJ's incredible. I mean, they, they, they're out at camp, him, G and Nancy, you know, they're out at camp making sure we're, you know, that the boys are, you know, taken care of during camp. You know, they got them out there doing, you know, they do hot yoga, which you guys should show up to do with them, you know, during camp, you know, they do that. Like, I don't know. I think it's every Wednesday or Thursday. They do it all season. Um, you know, the, you know, the outfit at Evolve has been incredible to us over the past, you know, since 2018. I mean, incredible to us as well as, you know, the dolls at Apollo um, Chiropractor. I mean, just, we have an incredible medical team and that's another reason why we're able to attract such good players. We take care of our guys. Yeah. Tickets are available now. They're available at the website, Gina. What is the best bet for a family experience at a Gladiators game? Is it is it a four-pack? Is it season tickets? What is the best way for a family to just really enjoy the entire atmosphere that is the Duke City Gladiators at the Rio Rancho Event Center? Well, you know, um, we've got a lot of um, special promotions going on throughout the year. We've got 505 night where all the tickets are going to be $5.00. You know, we let um, any any uh, any uh, young athlete in with their jersey, whether it be you know a football jersey, a volleyball jersey, a basketball jersey, they get in free to uh, you know our 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 game. So you know, there's there's lots of ways to uh, to come out and very inexpensively um, have a really really good time. Gina, any final words before we let you go? Go Gladiators. You know, yeah. again, I could say a lot of things right here, like we're going to kiss some beep, 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 but not allowed <laughs> to say that, you know, but I'm just, I'm grateful to Albuquerque, um, grateful to the state of New Mexico, you know, Rio Rancho, 
just, you know, even Las Lunas in Berlin, they come out, you know, and, and Bernalillo. Um, I, I'm just grateful for the way that we've all come out of this thing together. You know, I really urge our community really to reach out and support our junior sports more. Show up to those games, you know. You know, help, you know, sponsor those teams, sponsor those kids. You know, families are struggling. And so, you know, before you come out and support the Gladiators, you know, support your local school first. I think that's way more important. You know, of course, you want to come and support us, but, you know, charity starts at home. Why not both, right? That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Gina's the one who originally introduced us. Gina, you're the one who introduced us to Tim Patel over at Pop Warner. And there's just a lot of really good youth organizations in the community that are that are there to do something for kids. And and you're absolutely oh. right. If if you're in a position where you're able to help, I encourage everyone to help to help. You know, Pop Warner, youth. baseball, all of it, Fred. Mm-hmm. Top tier. You know Gina Thomas, even even, you were top- even even the swim team, you know, whatever. <laughs> Gina Thomas, you were you the know, best. They should Thank sponsor you. you guys to golf. How about that? You know, come yes. and sponsor Van and Fred to golf. And hey, Sherman speak- Carter, because he's one hell of a golfer with Nate Davis, by the way. Oh, man, we had a long drive competition <laughs> with Nate Davis and got embarrassed. Could not. <laughs> we, so, uh, actually, I'll text you about this after the program, but we do need to all be out at the Golf Scrambler for Locker 505 Correct. in April, and we'll make sure the Gladiators are We're, we're at a game, that. babe. That's why we haven't bought our team. But I'm happy to sponsor a team for anybody, you know, that, you know, wants to get out there and, you know, represent us. Boom. In the business. There it is. Gina Thomas, thank you. Thanks, Gina. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Be safe driving home. Aw. I just like her so much. I got like a three-minute drive. <laughs> I got like, to just like just white-knuckle it for like four minutes on my way home. I am literally in my kitchen. Yeah. You don't got to be good. safe from anything. Yeah. You got to protect yourself from frostbite before you got to protect yourself from frostbite. You know, what I'm feeling for is old Michael Vital, though, who's got to wait it out past the Lady Lobos game. Like, how's he ever going to get home? It's going to be, it's going to be full on midnight at the point when it's over. I mean, it's just, what's he going to do? Well, he's got a bed here. He is that pay- a fact? He pays rent. They they pay him to work here, but he also pays a little bit back off the top, okay, so he can sleep it. here every once in a while. The cumulus building used to be two stories. The the floor below is just the Vital level. It's the Vital suite. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's going to be yeah, one day I die, it'll be in memoriam, the Mike Vital couch <laughs> in the production room. Story checks out. Let's grab a break. When we get back, today's I-9 Varsity is the Varsity of Hippie Names. There we go. I'm into it. Just, this is impromptu as it gets on the program. Thank you to I Nine Sports for being such a good sponsor of the show. And if you are if you're sitting in the road right now because you're you're a little bit longer in your normal commute, uh, you're going to see some I Nine bumper stickers out there because they're all over the place. So they're bringing you this this I Nine varsity of hippie names. We're two men on ninety five point nine FM AM six ten the Sports Animal. Back live on the program. It's the last one of the night before we hand it over to J.J. Buck and the Lady Lobos as they're home against Colorado State. Very good program today. A very good Women Crush Wednesday. Thank you to Chrissy Baines who joined us at the Ice Tub. She was tremendous. Thank you to Chanel Weesey who joined us. She was tremendous. 
she's obviously of the United, and thank you to Gina Thomas of the Duke City Gladiators. It was uh, top tier as far as interviews go today. I was very happy about it. You know, I could tell you were a little nervous the whole time, Fred, because you don't do well with strong, independent women, unlike I do. Because I'm just surrounded by strong, independent women. My, <laughs> my mother, my sister, what my daughter, my girlfriend are oh, just, just surrounded by baddies. So it's just another day for me. My girlfriend is a doctor. <laughs> she's she has completed the most amount of school, and she's, she's very the strong. baddest. She's very she's strong. She's the baddest. They get if she were to enter the women's Royal Rumble, no matter what number she went at, she would win. That's how bad she is. Well, she would place place her show. She oh, she would headline WrestleMania. You know, you know, Asuka would win. You her know, name that. is Asuka, and we're not having this conversation. <laughs> Today's I-9 Varsity is the I-9 Varsity of hippie names. Connect with I-9 at League Office 280 at i9sports.com or give them a call, 505-312-4999. They're, uh, that's a great little organization. They they introduce youth sports to kids and fundamentals in a way that I just haven't seen done parallel anywhere else. They're, the, they are stupendous. The best I've ever seen. Yeah. All right, Van. I would like you to go first on today's I-9 Varsity of hippie names. Okay. I'm kind of cheating here, but I got a five-pack for you. Okay. okay. Technically a six-pack. All right. Okay. Leaf, Liberty, Rain, Summer, and River. I'll say those again. Leaf, Liberty, Rain, Summer, River. And the bonus sixth one is Moving Phoenix. Oh, is okay. Phoenix. Because these are Joaquin and River Phoenix's brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is his real name is Leaf. So well, I mean, you have to yeah, you got to church it up for Hollywood though. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. He, went for, he went from Leaf to Joaquin because he didn't want the hippie stigma, because his name is already Phoenix. From the live chat, uh, our every Women Crush Wednesday, your yeah. mother Sandy. Sandy K. Skype, Moonbeam, Dawn, Cloud, Rainbow, and Ocean. Those are all very good hippie names. You like hippie names connected to nature. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you one. How about this one? Carly Simon. i got to ask my sister if she'd rather be named Moonbeam or Sarah. I wonder what I she, she would choose. Uh, <laughs> as my legal name is Manfred, I can tell you she would choose Sarah. Yeah. So uh, Carly Simon is my hippie name. Like yours? I just think it's a very hippie name. When they say, Fred, what's your hippie name? And you say, Carly Simon. Yeah, I got, I'm got. i going to go with Carly Simon. Okay, Carly Simon it is. Okay, I don't like hippie verb names. Okay. <laughs> like, what's your name? And they're like, peace or loving. Yes. And it's like, you're a, you're a person. You're not a verb. All right. Mm-hmm. Peace is an action. Peace is an activity. Peace is an outcome. It's not your name. Your name's not peace. All right. Cut it hey, out. Yeah. Remove all those. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Gloria Steinem. Okay. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get your, uh, shtick here yet, but I think I will eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm not a fan of hippie names that are like the first or last names of hippie artists. Okay. 
Frank Zappa's name is already Zappa. Mm-hmm. That's his name. Don't name your kid Zappa. Having a cool last name has a lot of value to me. Don't name your kid Zappa, okay? <laughs> it's not a name. All right. I'm going to go with, and this one's going to sound a little off the mark, but trust me, it's a really good hippie name. Janice Joplin. Okay, you're just naming hippies now. I thought there was I thought there was gonna be some like deep down shtick that I had to find and like just root around the earth in with my poor bare hands to understand mm-hmm. your shtick. You're just naming hippies. Joni Mitchell. Okay. Who's not on Spotify anymore, so don't look for her stuff on Spotify. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I like Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I can't I can go all night. Is Barbara Streisand a hippie? Oh, she was super hippie. Are you being serious? Really? Oh my god! If you go I back, she's and, more disco. She was disco hey, than a pop star. Uh, uh-uh. you find '60s Barbara Streisand like, like stock like images of her. Okay, she is stone. She's the most beautiful woman that's ever lived. Okay, all right. Oh. I like trick naming hippies. So okay. you you name them a cool name that has nothing to do with hippies, but it's just so weird that they have to think it's a hippie name. Like name your. Uh, a hippie's kid, Nixon, like somebody who hated hippies, but you named him Nixon, which if you didn't know who Nixon was, it sounds like a hippie name. Like like if you name your kid Hoover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the vacuum or the person who hated hippies? <laughs> like, why would we name him after, we're hippies, why would we name him after someone who hated hippies? From the live chat, friend of the show, Craig, says Carol King. Okay, that's, and that's another, gonna actually, another hippie gonna, name gonna take one off my list okay. um sharon tate oh r.i.p well i mean that's a good it's a good hip, hip. all right let me try a better one okay. stevie nicks okay yeah there you go how about it's like top tier these ones are the worst i saved the worst for last okay don't take jane fonda hippie names that aren't of your culture like the whitest white people on earth name their kids Krishna. Okay, that one is weird. I'm going to totally agree with you. Yeah, that that's a little too That's the worst. That's yeah. Pete, that's Pete cringe. It's like, "Oh, really? Okay. And your birth name is as Krishna's mother. Oh, Karen. Ah, okay. That's a big leap. You understand how weird this is, right, Karen? There's have you, there's also the people that name their kids after, like, interstellar stuff, like space stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, not into that either. Yeah, not into that either. Um, all right, I think I got a good one here. Sonny Bono. That's a hippie name. That's, like, super hippie, right? Mm-hmm. You're, like, missing out on some really top-shelf hippies here. Nancy Sinatra. Okay, these are all diet hippies. You haven't named a good hippie yet. Janice Joplin, maybe. Janice Joplin was like from Texas and drank Southern Comfort straight out of the bottle. That's not hippie behavior. So, you, are you more of a Goldie Hawn kind of hippie? Like, I don't get it. I'm more like Timothy Leary, a hippie. A Jack Kerouac, a hippie. Like, not, not people who had music out during that era. But it's a really good shtick. It's a really good varsity. So you think Joan Baez is not a good one? I okay, Joan Baez is a super hippie. Yeah, Joan. That's Baez. what I'm saying. I yeah. feel like you're really missing. Like, Yoko is super hi- hippie. 
Yoko's Yoko. Don't lump her in with hippies and give hippies a worse name. It's a very good program today. Thank you to everyone who's involved. Thank you to for Eddie Nunez for taking the time to reach out and talk about the Lady Lobo game tonight. Nice. Obviously, following this, JJ Buck bringing you Lady Lobos against Colorado State. Van, any final words before we go? Man, whatever we didn't cover, you can hear tomorrow on the opening drive with Jeff and JJ. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.